Chandika, the other day you and I were talking and uh, about the center and about your life in it and, and in particular that a very significant anniversary is coming up very shortly and how you're kind of preparing yourself and motivated, inspired to celebrate it in a very powerful way. Would you like to express something on that subject? Well, you have to be careful to use the word me. If you start using the word me, you've already lost the game. So it's not about the me, it's always about not me. And when 50 years come along, 50 years? It is going to be Guru jumping up and down and saying, 50 years, what shall we do? And we'll do great things. We'll do great things. Because he's excited and it doesn't take much to get me excited. Well, of course, you know, Guru has very celebrated all kinds of anniversaries and celebrations of all kinds. You know, some people would think that as some of us, not saying who, are getting a little older, that we can quiet down, we can settle down and, and, and maybe not be motivated or inspired to do challenging things. But that's not really what this path or, or you are all about. Well... God gave me a particular place to be on earth, including a mother who reached the age of 100 in perfect health and was so proud of her, of her age. Guru would always ask about her and I would say, she's doing so well, and he would start talking about his own aunt who made it to 100. So my mother, who was considered a disciple, was on Guru's team. She would be so excited, I would speak to her at 98 and 99 and she would say, only one more year to go, only two more years to go. And she took tremendous pride in the fact that she would fulfill her soul's promise to the Supreme to make it to 100. When she, when she reached 100, actually the doctor said she was in perfect physical health. She could e easily have gone on for a couple more years, but the facility she was in, unfortunately, she she passed because of the care wasn't 100%. But I feel like the soul was saying, eh, I've proved my point. I could easily go on. You know, why should I just hang around on earth? I, you know, so she left with as much enthusiasm as she, <laughs> as she had always shown. Well, let's like turn the, the clock back a little bit to 50 years ago. And, and what your memories were like of when you first saw Guru and where you thought you felt you might be in terms of your relationship to him and, and this incredible journey that you've taken subsequently. How do you describe that? Well, I was um, influenced very much by my two older brothers and we had um, very strict European upbringing since my family had emigrated from Europe. So the kind of dutifulness in the family was second nature. It was easy to follow and my two brothers were sincerely seeking so there was much to learn there so at a young age as a teenager I was already throwing myself into as much um, you can call it aspiration as much progress as much development and growth as I could possibly manage they were helping me in that because they became interested in philosophy then East, Eastern philosophy then they were seeking gurus I remember the year before I found out about Guru, it was the summer, I was about to begin college, and I had thought I would go to a big university because I had a scholarship arranged for that university. 
And I begged my father, oh, let me go to this university far away. It's such an opportunity for me. And he reluctantly agreed. Having come back from the orientation, which was about two weeks long, I threw the I Ching. And um, the I Ching said, no, you don't have to go far away to find what you need in life. You stay close and you'll be just fine. So talk about tossing a coin. But that was the kind of world I was in, astrology, I Ching. These were the deep things that I was looking to to make these very important decisions. Then it was, should it be San Francisco? What will it be? But I listened to the I Ching, and I went close to home to where my brothers had gone to school. <clears throat> I knew all their philosophy professors, took their mysticism courses, met with their old friends. So I was very protected. So that when I saw Guru's picture in, at Christmas time, um, I was completely geared to just move right into the disciple life. Do you think when you saw the picture and heard some description of the path that it was like a, a bada bing, a, a light switch went on, that, that so this is for you? Oh, I was furious that my brother could have gone ahead, met Guru, such an amazing person, taken this, everyone knew this had to be the next step, and how could he possibly do it and leave me in the dark? He was supposed to take me the day that he found Guru and show me Guru, and I was supposed to be there. And as I've told in stories many times, when he finally did show my picture to Guru, Guru said, I've seen her many times in the inner world. And I always have the impression that I was like a moth beating against the glass, desperately trying to get into the light. But because of my brother and our close connection, Guru knew, and he even said all of our family would come. So. Give me a picture then how you get to New York to see Seeger and, and was there any aha moment when you saw him or it was just, I've been here already for a long time, now to make the next step? Well, if you don't mind me um, back um, sure, no. tracking a bit. So again, my brother was throwing my astrological chart and so on. They went to California and they became up, they, they got up on all the latest hippie skills. So he said that the way my chart was, Everything pointed in a very, very singular way to one thing, and that thing was going to be um, a source of utter joy. So the nature of this incarnation was an arrow. There was no shilly-shallying or sidetracking. There was boom. And especially at that time, you know, when you're a teenager, you're, everything is about growth. Sure. I just looked straight ahead and I went neither left nor right. Um, so I just was desperate to fulfill whatever the next steps were in the deception. Oh no, I couldn't get to Guru fast enough. I was singing the Supreme while I was doing my cafeteria work, wiping the table, singing the invocation. You know, I didn't know what to do, but I just did everything that I could do, that I could possibly think to do. And then I looked on the bulletin board and there was a car driving out on Eastern vacation to New York and I jumped in with five or six of us and we drove all the way out and I saw Guru for the first time on Easter Sunday. Where, whereabouts was it that you saw him? He was just coming back from India. We went to JFK and we, at that time you could stand above and you could actually see uh. him come in the international arrivals. All of us disciples were there um, and we we're so excited to see him. So then the next morning um, it was a Sunday morning meditation. And so I went to the third floor and Guru gave a very long initiation. And he came downstairs and he was teasing my brother saying, look, you've been asking me for interviews and here I'm giving her such a long time and so forth. So that was, um, 
That was very, very life-changing. Well, do you remember anything about the conversation that you had at that time? Anything that that surprised you or that kind of stuck? Or was it just you had a conversation with Guru and, and you got to know or something? The connection was built perhaps even stronger. It wasn't like that. It's a, it's a light switch. The, when I was, when I was um, trying so hard to please my brothers with vegetarianism and hatha yoga and the mysticism and studying the Upanishads, all these things. Um, it was like I was just desperately climbing a ladder. Um, so it was like Guru was already doing everything for oh. me. Then I saw his picture, then he accepted me, then I received from him a letter with the Transcendental and there was such a strong, explosive inner force that he had put on that photo he wasn't about to lose me for anything, and that sustained me until I saw him, and then people who had been in the car with me driving out to New York didn't believe it was the same person. It was the light switch wattage had jumped up to another degree. So dr driving home, you were a different person? I was talking and chatting and guru this and guru that, so the person sitting next to me happened to be on the, um, on the, on the um, student body uh, he was one of the student body members. So he said, well, if he's so great, let's bring him out to have him talk to us at the university. And I let Guru know that. And um, Guru graciously agreed. He came out and gave a lecture. Um, and then he gave me a little interview at that point. And at that point, it was just saying to my brother, when will she get here? When will she get here? And it, in the semester ended, I told my family I would just visit my brothers. But of course, I, New never, York. I never intended to come back, and I never did. Yeah, and then they slowly had to ship me all my belongings bit by bit. <laughs> when you got to New York and you're living in the community of, of Guru and, and, and the disciples, is there any way of describing what that, that kind of world is like and, and maybe perhaps how it has continued to be for you, that, I mean, living in the community and living around Guru in that particular way? Is, is there any simple way of, of describing that life or that world? Well, I put it in the context of the fact that Guru knew that around 1968-69 there would be an enormous paradigm shift for his mission. He had had all these little old ladies who um, liked to dabble in the occult and now he was ready to begin with young people who could really understand and take on what, what Guru's vision was. So he put out this force, this incredible force. It was like a huge searchlight. I got caught in it. Many others got caught in it. Sarma became such a good instrument and brought a hundred. So all of us came in as most of us freshmen in college. Do you think that you've heard Guru talk about that particular time in, in, in his manifestation? Or is something we, you experienced that this is obviously what's happening, that these young people of this generation are being called to come at this time to find their spiritual lives in, in this particular way? Well, there were individual cases. Gurus has said that in the beginning, the Supreme will give you little treats, uh, little juicy treats of um, basically occult, more occult experiences, just to keep you going, just to get you established. So many of us had those first meditations. You, you would just, you know, you would see everything go black, and you just see Guru. You know, you would have all these amazing experiences that you really didn't, you had not merited, but it was just the way the Supreme worked. And so there was that tremendous height and push, and we all felt it, and we all fed off it from each other. 
And then after a year or so, you're in for the real thing. You're, you're rooted and you're growing, and that kind of subsides. And it's, you know, the Supreme doesn't want you just to play games and do tricks. Well, besides the way you changed in the car ride going out to New York and coming back, can you recognize, or it, does it make any sense to describe how you've changed as a person, as a spiritual person, as a seeker in the last 50 years? Is there, is there parts of yourself that you say, well, I'm not like this, I'm like this now, and I've, I've grown? Or, or it's just you feel like you're doing the right thing, and that's all you need to do? It's a matter of what you see for yourself. Do you care to see something for yourself? I take seriously what Guru has given me as a name and what he has told me in the songs that he has written about me. It didn't happen until, let's say, almost, I would say, till he passed. But if he says that I'm to be the consort of Shiva, something like that, you can just take it as a nice song or, or a nice word, or you can really stop and think, no, let's go in to see what Durga is, what Kali is, let's find out what these inner secrets are, if they're meant for you. And your soul, of course, is guru guiding you. Do you, do you, could you tell me, please, more about what your name actually means besides the, the consort of Shiva, what Guru had said about you? Well, in the early days, it was different. He would talk a long time and no one would write it down. But um, the short version, and I have pages that describe it, but the short version would be the goddess of light, power, grace, and luminosity. That would be the short little cap-sized version. And there's a cute story I always tell the girls because I saw it in the Indian cartoons about Chandika and where she fits into the Parvati Kali triad of goddesses, how she worked together with Kali to defeat the hostile forces in, in the battle with the Asuras. Um, she was the one who was killing all the Asuras, but because the blood was blessed or cursed, every time it would hit the ground, a new demon would pop up. So she was frustrated. So she talked it over with Kali, and Kali said, no problem, I am going to make sure that I imbibe the blood, therefore no Asuras. So how do you trance that mythical story into Chandika version 2018? I mean, the powerful fighting the demons of the, of the underworlds. Do you see the, the kind of experiences that you're having or have had over the last few years as being that kind of epic or something else? Well, it's not what I do, it's who I am. So what I'm trying to understand is more and more of what that little niche is that I am exploring amongst all the kinds of souls and all the kinds of qualities that there are. I need, there's more there that I need to learn. And this is where we now get to the point of the fact that we, we're, we're getting to our more, most mature ages. So this is the time where you have to also see how you, how you manage the rest of this incarnation. And I think the most important thing is with grace. I think if everyone just with proper grace pleases the Supreme in his own way to give him a beautiful, full maturity in spirituality, um, there's, not, there's no greater fulfillment for Guru, for the Supreme, for you. Was there any moments or stories that you have where Guru specifically gave you instructions about how to 
do something or something you should else you should do or little moments where you felt his guidance in, in a very in, in an obvious way where he said oh John Dick could do this or do that something that was crucial at a certain point in your life yes but but I would say the most powerful ones were in silence like I would be walking a long walk and I would be turning a problem over in my mind and Guru would like start a story in my mind. Um, once it was about me being hurt over something. And Guru said, Guru said, um, oh, you, you're such a gentle, tiny duck. And of course, because that was the animal incarnation that he told me it was my last. And of course, you're, you're, going, to be, you're going to be hurt. So he was like consoling me. But in that way, he also showed me the other person as a baby animal of the type that they were. And then when he tricked me into saying, oh, yes, that, that cute little kitten, then, then I could see that he tricked me into coming out of my, um, uh, out of my difficulty because I, I, began, I began to understand that it's really the affection is, is there. and it, it is another reality. All I had to do was find it. Uh, I don't know whether this is a difficult question, but for all of us, we've now had not had Guru with us for the last 10 years. Has your life as a disciple or a spiritual seeker changed in the last 10 years? Only in the way that Guru wanted it to. Um, he wanted everything to expand. So I try to just see where he wants to go next. I feel that, as we all do, in the aspiration ground, there's just so much growth. Guru is around in everywhere and everything. He's, he's so huge. You see him smiling in the sky. You, see, you feel him all around you. And you're following that um, leadership that Guru is giving to you. It's just a, a bigger, well, we all had it anyway. We weren't, we weren't 24 hours right at his feet. So all of us throughout our day were guided by Guru. And it's just a matter of him making us feel happy about it and making us feel how much opportunity and how much there is to get excited about. Okay, kind of, we're kind of winding into the, the final territory here, but you have set this project for yourself for, for 50 years. Uh, something came to you where you're, you're working on a number of things. Could you describe the different aspects of your anniversary project for me? Sure. It was actually a gift from some of the new disciples. One of my main activities right now is working with the brand new disciples. And um, one of them at our center, the Oneness Heart Center, her name is Victoria. She'd become so inspired reading Pragati's book about little occult stories that disciples had shared. And it happened to have been the one that Pari had written about how when they were all hungry, Guru just knew and he said, oh, we're all hungry, we're going to go to eat. Just cute little things like that. And Victoria said, you wouldn't think that there was much in that story, she said, but it touched me so deeply. So she said, Victoria said, let us as a center all write some stories as, as um, offering on Guru's the 10th anniversary of Guru Samadhi. And I said, well, I can at least do that. So I just popped down 10 most significant memories that I had in my life. And as I began working on that, I went from just dutifully not wanting to let down the young disciples to loving this. And there'd been that aspect of myself that I always wanted to be a writer and always wanted to write poetry. Uh, I just didn't know when and where and how to start. And now I'm loving, I'm just absolutely loving writing um, 
so many things down and you feel like Guru's with you and the two of you are conversing and you try to explain something and he likes the way you say it and he, he reminds you of something that happened and you're just so happy because the two of you are spending time together. So you're writing a book? I'm writing a book about my, uh, it's, I call it reminiscences um, drawn from a lifetime with Guru. You're spending an hour a day? Yes, so I have a very specific routine which helps me maintain my energy and maintain my happiness and, and part of that in addition to playing tabla in addition to hatha yoga in addition to going to the gym and swimming is writing for an hour and i just completely free no pressure just wherever my mind roams so will you finish the by the way what is the date of your anniversary january 13th it will be next year next year of 2019 that'll be the be 50 years and so you want to have this aspect or the, the book or the different parts of the project finished by, by 2019? 20. I think we would like that. I would say that the same thing happened on my 13th anniversary as a disciple. I just felt it's not enough just to be alive. I have to do something. So I, I offered to Guru to run a marathon a month, 13 marathons in total for my 13th year. And I was so nervous that, oh, I'll get injured. I better push the schedule up that I ended up doing 14. <laughs> and uh, and uh, it was great. And Guru gave me a beautiful painting, Marathon Champion, on there. So it's like I said, it's like it wasn't me deciding it. It's just like this impulsion comes like, OK, this is the date. You just can't let it go by. That even in the simplest things, we can find ways of self-transcending ourselves all the time. Yes, if that's what you care about. You have to love that, though. OK, the very last thing I'd like to ask you to do, I'd like you to sing a song. Uh, would you like to sing a Chandika song, or would you like to sing something, something else? Well, there's one that I would always choose as my favorite, and whenever I did, Guru would like it a lot. And it's extremely beautiful because it means you bring me back into my inner life from the outer world again and again. We all know it, and it's just so gorgeous. Thank you.